What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy. Today, I go over my highlights and grades for each match at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. The first match of the night was for the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak, the champion, defending against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. couple highlights from that match in the closing stretch, actually. A dive by Carrillo onto Dorado with Gulak holding Dorado on his shoulders. Uh, standing Super Hurricane Rana by Dorado on Carrillo. And then Dorado misses with a shooting star press. An Aztec press then by Carrillo. And then Gulak throws him into the post. And uh, then Carrillo pins, let's say, Dorado with a kind of like a German suplex kind of pin, a bridging pin. Uh, it was an all right match. It was a B minus grade for me, all right for what it was. Some innovative spots, including that dive by Carrillo with uh, Dorado on Gulak's shoulders. Up next was Cedric Alexander against AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship match. I thought this was quite hampered by the amount of time they got because this match started with just over 10 minutes left in the pre-show the kickoff show uh, it was it was all right for what it was um couple spots tope con hilo by alexander um he hit the rebound in Seguri also uh aj eventually dropped him on this on a springboard attempt and uh suplexed him onto the apron just kind of stop his momentum closing stretch uh, a back shot elbow slingshot face buster got a two count by uh, by Alexander. Actually, this is this was a good thing at the beginning. It's a kind of a weird thing that happened all night. Uh, it was like really fast starts with like big moves at the beginning. So the way this match started was AJ Styles. He ran into a Michinoku driver from Alexander right at the beginning of the match, and then Gulak he got hit. I think in the cruiserweight match there was a running drop kick to start the match so it's a lot of these matches tonight you're going to see the same kind of trend of some fast start some big move to start the match closing stretch AJ Styles kind of scoop slams uh, scoop slams Alexander into a DDT and then AJ hits the phenomenal forearm Styles clash and gets the three count it was all right for what it was I was going to give it a C plus AJ Styles defending his U.S. championship was a fun little sprint could have used a lot more time. It was very, very rushed. Only had probably about six or seven minutes, maybe, if they had that. Because there was only a few minutes left in the pre-show. And this, I felt, was better suited for the main show. And if it really had time, it could have really flourished. And it uh, this, I think, could have replaced the Miz and Nakamura match for the IC title that took place on the main show. And really, AJ shouldn't be on the kickoff show at this point. And this didn't help Alexander in looking strong. Alexander didn't get a ton of offense, and AJ kind of dominated for the most part. And it just didn't give Alexander the right kind of rub. To kick off the show, it was the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Rollins holding the, the Universal Championship coming into this match with Braun Strowman as his partner. Kind of a mismatch teams. Kind of these teams are thrown together. A uh, couple, the closing stretch, Strowman running in, Rude into Rollins, which then ro- knocks Rollins into corner. And then Ziggler grabs the ropes, and Strowman goes flying out of the ring. Rude then hits his glorious DDT on Seth Rollins. Seth eats the pin, and uh, 
Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler become the tag team champions. Raw tag team champions. One thing I took from this match is Ziggler selling of Strowman's offense. Ziggler selling about anything is just freaking awesome. It Ziggler's yeah, Ziggler selling is still top notch, another level here in WWE. And then uh, for that match, I'm gonna give it a B minus. It was a short, fun sprint, and it showed the dysfunction. Actually, giving us some kind of build up to the feud between Rollins and Strowman because they kind of didn't do a whole lot of that on TV, teasing tension, and then it le- leading into their title match later on in the show. And I'm not a big fan of this, but throwing together tag teams and winning tag titles, it devalues division, but it was the right choice on having Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler win the tag team championships. It gives them at least something to do. Both of them should be doing something, and this is probably the best thing they could be doing right now. And then post-match, Braun says Seth was responsible for losing the tag titles. Leads on to the next match, the SmackDown Women's Championship. I was actually looking forward to this match a lot. I was really looking forward to this match between Bayley and Charlotte Flair. Bayley defending her SmackDown Women's Championship. Really liking the new Bayley character where she's a role model. And Charlotte's the hometown hero since this is in Charlotte. And uh, it's just, I felt like going into this match, Charlotte was going to lose. But it made sense going with the Bailey and Sasha alliance. And I really liked the way they handled this at the end. Uh, Charlotte's dominating most of the match. Charlotte's laying into Bailey with boots into the corner. And then the ref breaks it up. Bailey sneakily removes the turnbuckle pad, the bottom turnbuckle pad. And then Bailey throws Charlotte right into it, gets the quick three count, and she gets out of dodge. Faster than Usain Bolt. It was pretty funny, and it's pretty memeable, I think, at this point. There's stuff all over Twitter and stuff about Bailey comparing Bailey's run to some like movie thing or some other pop culture sort of thing. But she retains the title. I give it a C. I like the angle, but it was an interesting finish. I really wish they would have did more. It's probably going to lead to more matches between these two, but I didn't really like how short the match was, but I liked how Bailey ran away. It played into the new character of being a role model, in air quotes. She wanted to get out so fast that fans didn't realize she did something dirty. Other than that, you didn't really miss much in that match. Up next, it was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the champs, The New Day, and take they take on they took on the uh, revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Closing stretch, Wilder trying to hit a suicide dive on Big E. Big E gets caught. Eventually, the Revival tossed Big E into the post, which stopped it. He, Big E stops it, but then turns around to a shatter machine. And then Woods, he's trying to fight off. He's fighting this knee injury he got a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown. Big E and them are just taking punishment and such. Uh, shatter machine on Woods. They don't go for the pin. They remove the knee pad, even remove, kind of tear the pants up. And then Wilder and Dawson, they both remove the knee brace. And then Dawson puts uh, Woods in a submission. And then Woods gets as close to the rope as possible. And Wilder is just trash talking him the whole time. And then he doesn't get to it and taps. But I liked how the previous attacks by Orton and the Revival played into this. Uh, it was just proved too much for the New Day. They fought resiliently. They fought valiantly, but they couldn't get it, the job done. But Rival, 
They are the first team to ever win the NXT Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Thought it was a pretty good match. It was a more angle, but I liked the way they did it. I'm going to give that a B. And the Revival cut a really good promo afterwards saying how old school is back and they don't have to deal with the pancake-throwing shenanigans of the New Day. Women's Tag Team Championship match was... Next, it was the champs Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Funny thing at the beginning of that match, Nikki was mocking Randy Mandy Rose, who was doing her signature pose, and then the hip swivels. I thought that was a really nice touch, pretty funny. And then one time, Alexa almost became the 24-7 champs during that match because there was a chase going on, R-Truth doing his typical thing. He's in the middle of the ring. Alexa actually rolls him up. And gets to the two count. But Alexa, before they had a pre-match interview and uh, R-Truth was holding the, the kind of the boomstick, the mic or whatever. And then Alexa got on it and announced that R-Truth was right here if, if you're looking for the 24-7 champion and such. But yeah, I liked how they used that angle in that match. But here's the closing stretch. Bliss got knocked off the top rope, pulled off top rope. The double team by Mandy Rose. And Sonya Deville got a very close near fall. It was broken up by Cross. Cross gets tag. She heads to the top rope. And Mandy Rose ducks her. Rose Cross hits. Actually, Cross then hits Deville on the apron, takes her out, and then Mandy Rose misses her knee in the corner. And then Cross gets Deville in a suplex position with uh, her feet on the rope, spinning neck breaker. That gets the three count. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are the are still the women's tag team champions. I like the group of fire and desire between Mandy and Sonya. They work really well together, gel pretty well, got great chemistry. I just didn't think it was the right time yet, but I'm going to give that a B minus. It was a good action. Uh, and I hope to see them eventually get the tag titles, just not at this moment. I don't think we've gotten all the mileage out of uh, Alexa bliss and Nikki cross with the tag team championships. They need a little more kind of put their stamp on it of, kind of cementing their reign. Part of the late, I could have done without the 24-7 title stuff, but I got it. It understood it because of the prior segment with Alexa and company. But uh, all right match nonetheless. The Intercontinental title match was up next, and it was Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. I love Sami Zayn's new character. I love it. Him adding commentary in matches, annoying, as annoying as I'll be. But it is very effective. He actually bashed the Carolina Panthers Thursday night performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then at one time, Sami Zayn's mic gets cut off and Miz, Miz throws the mic all the way up the ramp. Closing stretch. Shinsuke, he gets the knees. He knees Miz in the back of the head as Sami Zayn is distracting him. A Kinshasa reverse into a skull-crushing finale, but then Zayn... Doing what he does, distracts the ref on the pen attempt, and then Miz tries to run Zane down. Nakamura knees him into the post, puts him back into the ring. King Shasa ends it, and then Nakamura retains the title. It was an all right match. I was going to give it a C plus. I like Zane's involvement. I like that Nakamura's actually got a mouthpiece now. I think that really helps him out. And Sami Zayn is doing a great job in his character. But I felt like this match was much better suited for the pre-show. While Styles and Alexander really could have used the time and should have been on the main show, given both the, how both would have been built up, built up recently. And these guys have kind of been on their downturn 
as of recently too. Up next was one of the best matches of the night, in my opinion. It was the Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. A very physical match between these two. I was expecting a really good match no matter what. And a couple spots. There was a awesome transitions during this match. Uh, a- after uh, Sasha hit the knees in the corners, it led to a bank statement attempt, which was reversed into a disarmor. Uh, Banks then got to the ropes. Becky boots in the corner, broken up by official, and then it leads to a bank statement by Sasha. Becky then gets to the ropes. I liked how the submission sequences, there was really good transitions into these submissions. I recommend you really go watch that back because I thought those were very, very good, and it's been probably one of the best women's matches I've seen all year in WWE. And then Sasha, she goes back to her MO, pulls the chair, and the ref grabs that one. She has a second chair ready. Banks hits Becky in the gut with it. And then a knee to the face by Sasha. Shining Wizard gets a very long two count. And then Becky, as she's standing at Sasha, is ready to hit her with the chair. Sasha gets out of the way, hits the ref. And then Becky and Sasha just fight into the crowd, into the concourse. Becky, Becky actually dumps mustard on Sasha at one time. And then they make their way back to the ring. Spear into the barricade by Banks. Then by about how many more minutes they were, they were fighting in the crowd, fighting in the concourse. It was about five or six minutes at least. And then we got told by Corey Graves, oh yeah, this match has actually ended in a DQ finish with Sasha winning, but Becky retaining her Raw Women's Championship. And then Lynch gets her revenge, multiple chair shots. And then she puts her disarmor in on uh, Sasha inside the chair. And then officials finally break it up. Sasha wins by DQ because of, of course, Becky hitting the official with the chair. I really thought it was a good match. I know this was a great teaser for later. B+. They left a bit on the bone for more matches in the near future, which I'm really looking forward to. And I don't mind the finish as this keeps them both very strong. No one takes a pin. No one takes a submission. I feel Sasha's going to eventually win the title. But uh, I think this that was a, it was a really good match to start this feud. And then I'm hoping that there is a Hell in a Cell match between these two because I feel like it will be awesome. But some great transitions during the match. It was the best match of the show so far. I was going to give it a B+. The next match was the WWE Championship match. Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Their 10-year-long feud kind of build up to this moment. Well, SummerSlam, then this moment. But a couple of spots... It was uh, Kingston reversing a clothesline attempt into an SOS for a long two count. This was kind of a slow, methodical Randy Orton-style match, as you got used to. Some people don't like it. It was Normally, I'm not really into those kind of matches with Orton, but I thought it was all right. Uh, Power slam, hangman DDT from Orton. RKO attempt into the roll-up by Kofi. And then Kingston, with a kick in the corner, walks around the ring into an RKO out of nowhere. I love that. I absolutely love that. It just shows the how the RKO can be hit from any place in the ring. They were just kind of walking around the ring. Kofi's trying to get to him, and then Orton just catches him RKO, and then Kofi gets his foot on the rope for the long two count. And Orton, he goes back to that punt he that Kofi him had miscommunication on back in the day. Orton misses the punt. Kofi hits the trouble in paradise, and then Kofi retains his WWE championship, continuing his very continuing his uh, five month long reign 
with the title. I'm going to give it a B plus. I really like the finish when Orton hit that RKO out of nowhere and then hit missing with the punt kick. I really Kofi's great from fighting underneath. Like he's done this whole entire title reign. He's got wins against Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton now. It's been a very good reign for him so far. Strongest strong very strongly booked WWE championship for reign for Kofi Kingston. I really wonder how this feud goes on if this is the end of the feud because the Revival just won the tag titles from the other partners, uh, well, Big E and uh, Xavier Woods, and Orton here just lost kind of clean. So I almost thought Orton would possibly win this to maybe give them a Hell in a Cell match in the future. I'm interested in where they go with this feud moving forward, but it took a while to get going, but I really liked it when it picked up late. The ending was worth the wait. It was quite a finish. I'd go back and watch that the finish of that match, but it was a methodical pace. It worked. Up next, our only non-title match of this pay-per-view was Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Love the physicality of this match. A very physical, hard-hitting match between Roman Reigns and his attacker. One time, uh, Rowan absolutely obliterated Roman Reigns with a running cross body. Rowan then dominated, removed protective parts of the LED board on the ring, on the ring apron. I like that nice touch. He put Roman face first into it, kind of closing times here. Reigns eventually come, yeah. Reigns eventually comes up, comes back, steps to the face, and Superman punch for the near fall. Then a Superman punch from the stairs got reversed into a choke slam catch transition into a power bomb. Pretty neat spot there by Rowan through the announce table. And that got Roman back in the ring for a long two count. And then Rowan hits Roman Reigns with a ring bell to the back. They fight into the crowd. Claw slam through the table uh, in the crowd. And then Rowan went for the big uh, the crane, the camera crane thing. He was a callback to a couple weeks ago or last week on SmackDown where he hit Roman with it. Then Roman actually hits him with some kind of weapon or some kind of uh, wrench. And then he hits Rowan with the camera thing. Superman punch. Roman runs up the ramp, and then he gets clocked by Luke Harper, who returned to everyone's surprise, boots him in the face, double-team work inside the ring, leads to a clothesline, discus clothesline by Luke Harper, and then a claw slam by Rowan gets the 1-2-3 win, and Rowan gets a victory, clean, gets a vic, not a clean victory, but a victory over Roman Reigns. I'm going to give it a B great it was a really physical match i love the surprise turn of harper i really thought he was leaving the company actually but it just went a little too long in my opinion a couple of minutes could have been shaven off probably about five minutes i thought it was just a little bit too long too long i like i like that rowan got the win and it'll be interesting to see how they follow this up and then utilize harper moving forward and the main event of the evening it was the WWE Universal Championship match between the Universal Champ Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. I liked how they strode. I liked how that how uh, resilient Braun Strowman was during this match, taking all the finishers. Or at the beginning of the match, Strowman drills Rollins with a shoulder block. Rollins then hits a bunch of super kicks, got a frog splash, didn't even get a one count. 
Later on, Rollins attempted a superplex off the top rope. Braun Strowman throws him off. Braun Strowman hit a big splash from the top rope. Gets a very close near fall. Appears to hurt his knees during that, which plays in later in the match. A power slam attempt by Strowman. They got reversed into a sleeper by Rollins. Rollins gets thrown over. Hits one stomp. Gets a gets the gets a one count. Hits another stomp. Gets a two count. Hits a third stomp. He still only gets a two count. And then he goes for the fourth. Gets caught. Strowman is going for the power slam, but his knees give out. Then a pedigree by Rollins and a fourth stomp. Got the pin and the win, retaining his Universal Championship. I'm going to give it an A-. I liked how the knees of Strowman came into play late. I like that kind of psychology stuff, how it, they don't ignore the injuries going in late. Uh, pretty good match with the lack of build that it had, but Strowman doesn't lose a whole lot. Showed a lot of resilience. I th- re- resiliency. It was some good drama late, some nice big spots. Rollins poses the end to end the show, but wait, the lights go out. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, shows up, hits Sister Abigail, the lights go out again, and then he's holding Rollins by the head in a great picture, mandible claw to Rollins, lights go out, and that's the end of the show. There was nothing absolutely stand out in this pay-per-view, but I really like the ma- liked the way this was paced in comparison to SummerSlam, because SummerSlam just felt like it dragged on forever, but... It's slightly better than SummerSlam. Better pacing helped it out quite a bit. Nothing really stand out. I'm going to give it a B. Nothing like OMG good, but a good show. Best matches on the show were Rollins versus Strowman and Sasha versus Becky. I'd recommend you guys going back and watching those matches. Highlights is in, highlights included Harper's return, which set up some great stuff down the line and for Hell in a Cell in October common theme throughout I noticed this during this show was fast starts big moves to start the matches and I think the last four shows four, four matches of the show really helped this out saved it from being mediocre because at the first half of it from the kickoff show it was not very good but once we got let me see the Raw Women's Championship it really picked up after that the Raw Women's Championship the Smackdown well the WWE Championship the Rowan Reigns match and then the Rollins Ron Strowman match really helped this out in the end. I thought it was a solid show, slightly better than SummerSlam pacing wise, and then nothing really stand out. But it was a good show, an overall grade B from me. Those were my grades and highlights from the Clash of Champions pay per view. And speaking of pay per views, we're getting to the last quarter of the year. And I thought it would be a good idea to give you my top three WWE pay-per-views of 2019 so far. I'll be giving that to you later this week, probably this weekend more than likely. But uh, if you like to listen to other podcasts and my other stuff in the archives, subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can also take it in on YouTube. And don't forget to follow my page, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, on both Twitter and now Facebook. But that's going to do it all for me for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening, and so long, everybody.